Hello, welcome back. I got a new phone, so I am now recording on the microphone of my Samsung Galaxy S22 Ultra. And I have a story to tell you guys today. Um, it's a personal narrative, and it I submitted it for um, my AP English class. So... I hope you enjoy. Alright, this is The Lion and the Lamb by me. It is a sensitive subject, so uh, trigger warning right now, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. The Lion. Strong. Stoic. Angered and destructive. And the Lamb. Innocent. Curious, naive, and young, the lamb is weak and cannot protect herself. She is a subject of youthful innocence. She is a child. If lion were to live with lamb, the lamb would soon be eaten. She is prey. But if morality were taken into account, the lamb would sleep comfortably beside the lion, because the lion knows that the lamb is unable to protect herself. She is not a threat. Ideally, the lion would guard the lamb. She, He would become her protector. He would guard her and shield her from the harsh realities and predators until her limbs grow long and her abdomen plump. With adulthood freshly dawned upon her, the lamb would find her own path, and the lion would wish her well. He would love her as his own, as if she had been born of his own blood, his cub. But when reality sets in, the lion is still a lion. So when the lion became the protector of a lamb and his own cub of direct descent, he could not help but to become a spitting image of his own father. And that rage, that neglect he received so young, he knew not what to do with. So, as the apple does not fall far from the tree, he cast his aggression upon those who least deserved it. And the lamb watched. The lamb watched as he lashed his cub with verbal whips of iron. His claws left a crimson mark on her face, remnant of his boiling anger in the shape of a hand. And the lamb listened to the helpless wails of the cub, four years her senior, as the livid lion roared gutturally. And the lamb would wonder about the lion's whereabouts, and she wouldn't understand why the cops showed up at her door. The lamb and the lion would not cross paths for months thereafter, but, as all malicious things do, the lion came back, and his rage only grew in his absence. For many a year to follow, the lion would hound his cub with the anger of a thousand dying sons. And all the lamb could do was watch. She would watch, her tiny body trembling. She'd watch as the lion would batter and bruise the cub. It was like clockwork. The lamb learned the sound of his teal Ford pickup. She grew to despise songs on the radios that would remind her of him. She began hating Easter, road trips, Wii consoles, the smell of Coke and Jack Daniels. 
and now the lamb is matured to be the physicality of a sheep. But when you plant a seed in a small pot, the roots take the shape of their container over time. There is no room for growth. Infiltrating a young mind, the clay-like mind of a child in the most crucial stage of development, the child develops around those habits. The fear she once endured never truly goes away. While he never physically touched her, the lion's spite seeped into the lamb's wounds. She still panics when anyone she is near yells. She still cowers in terror around lions. The wounds he left have since scarred, leaving behind a lamb. She is a lamb trapped inside of a sheep's body. The lion never left. With time and two more cubs of his own, the lion mellowed. His rage, once predominating his entire existence, is now encapsulated with a thin membrane of sanity, though it leaks. It oozes and bleeds and trickles from his mouth, leaving his thin lips in a flurry of slurred sacrilege and curses in vain. As he smiles a foolish grin of mustard-tainted ivory, the room will reek of intoxicant waste. He's never been a fan of delicacies such as wine. He's more of a whiskey man, as surely his father was too. And his eyes, steely and cerulean, they're not that of a lion. They're not that of a beast, nor man. You can tell a lot about someone just by looking them in the eye. In his, you see, a child, someone damned to the misery of an absent yet abusive and alcoholic father. They're the eyes of the youngest of three brothers, the eyes of mama's boy, the eyes of someone who still becomes ecstatic at the sight of Legos, even at the age of 41. There's almost a sense of innocence in his eyes, and I, the lamb, wonder if that is what keeps me drawn to his side. I see not a foe when I look at him, and that is what displaces me. And all those years, after everything he has said and done, all of those sins are washed away by the inevitable love I still hold for him. And it guilts me to the core as I ponder and share my story, the guilt of a child hesitant to convey her experience at the expense of his approval. Now I sit here my thumbs weeping clots of cherry as my nails gouge sallow skin. My hands tremble. I have not eaten properly in days because of my newest medication, the sixth I have been prescribed to manage my damaged mentality. It makes me ill. I can help but to silently inquire. Did he ever think about the long-term effects of his harm, his hatred of the world, and the way he released it onto the developing minds and bodies of my siblings and I. A man of four decades, he is not insightful. He does not believe in chronic illness, neither physical nor psychological. He knows nothing of what he did to us, and whether it be his lack of will to accept his wrongs, or the sheer ignorance of a child who never grew up, I am unsure. The uncertainty of his vigilance halts my yearn to hold him accountable, and I love him. I do. I can't not love the man who's been united with my own mother since I could walk. 
He loved me as his own since day one. But a lion is a lion, and a lamb is a lamb. And when a lion lives with a lamb, he may keep her alive, but sadistically, as a predator toys with its play. Alright, that's three pages, four pages on a Google Doc. Yeah, I'm tired. Um, I hope you enjoy. Thank you.